out, we're going to look at Democratic mayors and how how really hateful they are to business owners and other people being victimized by thugs and criminals. It's almost like the left has just laid bare their absolute hatred and loathing for anyone who who is in trying to engage in business and capitalism. Is that it? Is it war on capitalism they seek? I don't know. But I know that uh, kissing the ass of thugs and criminals is not the way to hold on to your power. It's a way to lose it. We're also going to look at uh, Press Secretary Jen Psaki of the Biden Team Mumbles and Stumbles Administration. Uh, Sidestepping a question about, here, more crime, the Fox Christmas Tree Arson event. We're also going to look at a, uh, I think a very, it is a very moving and troubling piece uh, at Town Hall by a gentleman named Will Alexander called Black Crime, Slavery, and Jim Crow Ain't Got Nothing to Do With This. Uh, And again, Clay Travis at uh, the Outkick, he's going to look at uh, the the new Omicron variant of, of, uh, of COVID, and maybe this is the beginning of the, the realization, something I predicted about a year ago, that this will end up being kind of a second flu shot you get uh, every year, perhaps. We'll see. We'll look into that. All that and maybe a little more, just because you never know with me, today on the Delegator Daily Thoughts. Yeah, you're right. We are indeed going to kick this pig, my friends. And let's get into this, my friends. Clay Travis at OutKick.com. If you're tired of ESPN and their slanted coverage and uh, just tired of their left-wing garbage, uh, check the OutKick at uh, OutKick.com. Really good stuff there. A lot of just sports, period. Just nothing but sports, which is what a sports site should be, but they have a politics section. And Clay Travis, one of the sharper guys out there. Uh, you can hear him in Buck Sexton. They have the old wrestling ball time slot. <clears throat> and, of course, they're not Rush Limbaugh. No one is Rush Limbaugh except Rush Limbaugh. But they do a good job, and uh, I think Clay Travis I always wondered why he got such hatred from, from so many commentators. And then I, I connected the dots. It's amazing because you think sports – You'd have a lot of conservatives love sports, and we do, but the opinions so often are left-wing. It's like these little cancel culture little nuts, uh, and maybe it's because of the over-emotionalizing of sports, <clears throat> covering sports. You know, sports should be about uh, stats, who's getting that key first down, how, how, what quarterback's driving his team consistently down the field. Uh, what defensive end is getting to the passer, whatever. What What's the dominating pitcher with the hot goalie in the NHL plays? Whatever it is. <clears throat> but the emotionalism has taken over part of sports. It's the, it's again, it's the cancel culture crowd condemning and, and, and shutting down anybody who doesn't fly by the left-wing rules. And Clay Travis is a classic example. Anyway... He's talking about the Omicron version, the variant of the COVID-19 virus. 
And he, he writes, health issues resulting from the so-called Omicron variant of COVID reportedly aren't as severe as those resulting from the Delta variant. I heard this when I first heard Omicron. And I think it was two doctors from South Africa where I, I believe the first cases were uh, diagnosed. <clears throat> and that's the one thing I heard was that doctors were surprised at how mild uh, the symptoms were. And that doesn't mean everybody, obviously. And here's a little interjection about the media. What I've oft, I've been disgusted by the media coverage of the whole COVID deal. They were talking about, uh, and I believe it was Fox. Don't, don't, uh, no, it was a local station, actually. And they were talking about the Pfizer vaccine. If you'd been, had your two shots, what, what percentage would the Omicron virus, Omicron variant be blocked by this? And uh, I think they said about a 33% blockage, which go, and they said it goes up if you have the, the booster shot, but it didn't give a percentage number. Why? You can take two more seconds and say, here's the percentage for this. Here's the percentage for this. They did mention that the symptoms were milder and that uh, really getting sick, the, the vaccines help more than just 33%. <clears throat> That's been a big disconnect. People say, well, they, they got vaccinated, they still got the virus. A lot of people that took vaccine that got the virus didn't get nearly as sick as others. That's something the media just report the news. You can take 30 seconds and delay the hothead commentator we don't need to hear from Geraldo right now and his his mustache we don't need to hear from Juan Williams seeing how stupid he can sound we don't need to hear from whoever just let the facts speak sometimes they're more concerned the media and I could all media it's all about okay here's a little bit of the news story no not all the relevant information now we're going to have two idiots fight it out and scream at each other and talk over each other where nobody gets anything out of it. I wish the media would do a better job of just reporting facts. But anyway, back to this piece by Clay Travis. He, he writes, it appears that Omicron, the South African variant, that may or may not have come out of South Africa, that everybody was terrified of the last couple of weeks. The good news is it appears that it is a milder form of covid uh, than the other variants that have already existed. <clears throat> of course, he opines, perhaps this isn't great news for everybody. And forgive me, I don't remember who it was, was on a news station. And they were saying something to the effect of when viruses, they have their variants and, and little, and when it gets maybe toward the end of the virus, the milder it gets, the more it mutates, the milder it will get. <clears throat> and that would be a great thing. Um, because I don't think anybody wants to get this. And really, I'd I wish it was in a rearview mirror. Almost because no one I knew or cared about would get sick, possibly. But we wouldn't have to hear the opinionators from both sides, the bloviating from both sides. And the people making up stories about how 17 million people have died from the, the 
vaccine or some idiocy. And the other people who want to lock everyone up, who even ask a question about getting the vaccine, they want to lock you away. Those totalitarian little little starter kits. But so that we can just get back to regular life and just say, okay, it's here. It's like a second flu shot, whatever. I found out something also the other day I did not know. Apparently, the flu shot uh, has a pretty low rate of prevention from getting the flu. Its main effect is to reduce greatly the, uh, the symptoms, so the severity of the flu, apparently. I did not know that, but don't forget that part of the vaccination. A big part of it is not, not getting it. It's the symptoms, the severity that uh, vaccines help. So there you go. Now back to Clay Travis. Again, he opines that maybe this isn't great news for everybody. A lot of people on the left, my friends, the governor of Mark Sifornia and others and the idiot New York, Lurch, whatever he is, six five, six seven, a goofball, uh, the mayor of New York City and the idiot governor of, of New York State. What else do you expect? It's New Yorkers voting. They apparently don't learn to stop date, uh, stop voting for uh, statists and big taxers and, and uh, little mini totalitarians. New York, get your head out of your you-know-what, okay? Seriously, you and California both. Uh, bad news for those of you that are already double-vaxxed. 80% of the people testing positive for Omicron are double-vaccinated, Clay said. The positive is we talk a lot about mutations of all these viruses. The reality is most viruses over time mutate and become less dangerous. That appears to be what's occurring with Omicron. And again, cross your fingers. Don't count any chickens till they're hatched. But uh, that could be really good news. And if you go to outkick.com, uh, you can watch a little video of him uh, opining about this. But that is a good thing. And hopefully that good news will come to fruition. And it would be really nice because, <laughs> because you look at some of the reactions from the usual suspects, like the governor of New York and the mayor of New York City. As soon as Omicron's even mentioned, oh, full, oh lockdown, lockdown, mask mandates. All they know how to do is the same thing over and over and over and over and over. It's like you're watching a, uh, well, it's like you're watching a monkey do certain things to a football, if you know what I'm saying. It's like you're watching someone just uh, try to, I try to hang a picture and they're take their little, little nail and they're going to hang a little nail and take their little hammer and they, they try to hit the nail and they hit their thumb and they, oh God, you know, and then they hit their thumb again and again and again and again and again. That's the way the left is, these little control freak governors and, and mayors. It's like, okay, I get to wield my power again. Uh, very unattractive. I just got to say. Very unattractive. And you should stop. But anyway, go read uh, Clay Travis's full take if you wish to tell him I sent you and <clears throat> let's go to Jen Saki. I know she's so exciting isn't she she's the redheaded disinformation queen my friends 
Imagine getting a job where all you have to do is be presentable, attractive, and well-spoken. And basically, people ask you questions about what your boss said, and you would explain what your boss said, and there you go. But Jen Psaki is, well, it's almost like she's dizzy sometimes. Maybe it's all that circling back. Maybe she's just really spinning in, in circles. Remember when you did that as a kid? You just would get in a room and just spin around as fast as you could, and then you'd stop and you'd try not to fall down. Oh, my mom used to hate that when I was four or five. Probably before I was doing it, I just don't remember that far back. <clears throat> You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to crack your skull wide open. And I always had an image at five, six, going up of your your skull just cracking open and your brain coming out. I don't think it works that way. Uh, not from spinning around your room and falling on your butt. Anyway, but that was always one of those motherly things to say. You going to put an eye out. Right out, and I, I gonna pop out of your head. Don't do it. Uh, those were those were great times as a kid. I also remember my grandmother on, on occasion uh, asking me when I had smarted off to her. She said, "You go up to that tree right there, and you pull me a switch off of it. Get me a hickory." And I knew that that meant, uh oh, I'd gone too far. <clears throat> whatever rights I had as a five, six, seven-year-old, I had exceeded those rights. I had surpassed the limits of my grandmother's patience, basically. But all in all, very good times. I've been blessed with uh, good parenting, good grandparenting. Uh, can't say much about my uncles and aunts. I've got a couple aunts are really good. I've always been very fond of, um, <clears throat> and some great cousins. I wish I could spend more time with, but when you get to a certain age, everyone moves away and you got separate lives. You know how it goes. But on to Jen Saki, who's circling back as we speak. <clears throat> this is also, by the way, from the Outkick. Anthony Ferris has this. By now, most Americans are at least loosely aware of what's expected from members of the media who gather in the White House press corps room. A background check. Common courtesy to all speakers, except former President Trump. <laughs> oh, yes, they got to savage that poor guy. An ID badge, a mask, and apparently <laughs> dancing shoes. When Fox News reporter Peter Ducey, he impresses me. I think the kid will go places. Uh, questioned White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki on Monday about an uptick in crime across the country, uh, which is in part because... In uh, in Ducey's words, prosecutors are too soft on crime. Saki apparently, an agile two-stepper, danced nimbly around his point. <coughs> she pirouetted around the topic of prosecutors and weak law enforcement, and instead blamed the pandemic for the surge uh, surges in crime. So apparently, that's another symptom of the left of, uh, excuse me, of uh, COVID is you, it makes you want to go commit crimes. You want to go smash in windows and, and get stuff out of the glass case and yada, yada, yada. Because nothing says I'm ready to commit theft like a ventilator in an ICU stay. <clears throat> uh, Justin Bragna, uh, our better Joan, excuse me, on Twitter tweeted this, Fox News is Peter Ducey. 
brings up the Fox Christmas tree fire in today's press briefing. Uh, This is from yesterday. Uh, We've seen an arsonist burn down half a million dollar Christmas tree in New York City back out on the street. Does the president think that that's good governing? Now, if you don't remember, you're not familiar. I'm sure you saw it somewhere. Fox had a giant Christmas tree out front. Some nutcase psycho set it on fire. How he escaped getting burned up himself because he climbed up in a tree to set it on fire. Unfortunately, he made it out safely. Uh, but arson, sending something like that in a major city, a large thing like a gigantic Christmas tree, setting it ablaze. And the blaze was pretty good. It was going pretty good for a while. Don't you think that might be a real public danger to someone? You know, I mean, tree fell over, this falls, that falls. That could be a real danger. This is a very dangerous crime. There's nothing to to smirk about or laugh about. So anyway, basically the next day, the guy's out. Yeah, get out of here, you knucklehead. Try not to set anything on fire again, okay? Uh, We'll see in a couple months, I'm sure, for doing something stupid. But why wasn't he put somewhere and not just let out? <clears throat> why would uh, why would anyone think it okay to set an arsonist free? Just get out of here with some future trial date or whatever. How does that benefit the the law abiding populace of the city of New York? Or don't put it anywhere in the country, anywhere it happened, it's happening everywhere. Why is this a good thing? Why isn't more of the media questioning this and saying, hey, what the hell? Now it's a legitimate question. And Jen Psaki, <laughs> she would have answered it, I'm sure, but she was too busy circling back, my friends. Uh, and basically, she gave a non answer. And blah, 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 blah. Same old stuff. You know, it's just Fox News. He had to dismiss Peter Ducey because he's Fox News. He's one of those right-wingers. And from there, Saki did her best version of the cha-cha-cha and danced her way around Ducey's question regarding last week's, again, arson of the Fox News Christmas tree in New York City. Maybe she thought it was funny because it was Fox News' tree. I wonder if it had been MSNBS's tree. I mean, that would have been a hate crime. Because I believe, if I'm correct, the MSNBS Christmas tree isn't even called a Christmas tree. It's actually not even called a holiday tree, probably. They're so woke over there. And it's probably a tree that uh, is is decorated with every ribbon of every color, every possible identity or preferred pronoun you can even think up. And it probably identifies as something it's not and is uh, undergoing therapy and taking certain medications to get estrogen or uh, or what's the male hormone, uh, testosterone or something, because it's an MSMBS tree. Now, the torch tree caused more than $500,000 in damages. Pretty serious. Uh, the New York City arsonist who allegedly started the fire was released. And what was his bail? You probably want to know. An arsonist, half a million dollars in damage. could A lot of people could have gotten hurt easily. Uh, nah, no bail. Bail. Come on, man. The guy that set a big tree on fire in a big city. Uh, yeah, could have hurt somebody, killed somebody. Who cares? 
No bail for you. Get out of here, you knucklehead. So we've seen an arsonist burn down a half a million dollar Christmas tree in New York City back out on the streets, said Ducey. Does the president think that's good governing? Very straightforward question. And that was Saki's cue, apparently, that the show was not yet over and that she needed to give an encore performance. And she said, again, I think I've spoken to the like president's like concern about like retail theft. Okay. Uh, and hold on, I need to circle back. Okay. If you have specific and any actions we've taken for specific cases, I would point you to the local police departments or the Department of like Justice or something. Okay. Hold on. I got to circle back again. Okay. I'm back. I circled. Was it good? You like it? Uh, again, this snotty attitude dismissing violent crime because arson <laughs> is a violent crime. I know we learn from the left and, uh, jackasses like, uh, Andrew, uh, Andrew Cuomo's baby brother, Frito, Fredo, however you say, Chris Cuomo and, uh, <clears throat> accused molester Don Lemon. We've learned from them that, uh, hey, crime's no big deal. It's just property, man. Like, it doesn't really hurt anybody, dude. The store burnt down, but that's okay. It's just property. It's not really violence. Tell that to the people who made a living working there or who made a living running that store or who shopped at that store and were really close to it, really happy it was right there because they're disabled maybe and have a hard time getting around and driving 30 miles to the next town to another pharmacy or convenience store might be a real burden on them. Screw those guys because unless somebody's actually attacked and killed, it's not violence apparently. And if it is, you'll probably get out of jail with no bail because <laughs> crime is cool according to the left these days it seems. Again, Anthony Ferris had that piece at uh, outkick.com. Go say hi to him. I doubt he ever circles back. <clears throat> Now, sticking kind of to the same theme. Uh, this is from Fox News. Uh, the mayor of Chicago is blaming, in part, retailers for the surge in these kind of planned out uh, smash and grab operations where a bunch of people go into a jewelry store or whatever kind of store and just smash stuff, break stuff, steal stuff, throw it in their car. They'll pop back in the car and go do whatever. So anyway, the Chicago mayor, Lori Lightfoot, also known as Lori Light in the head, and affectionately coined, termed, I was the first who did it. Don't let anybody lie to you. Beetlejuice. She uh, really had some sensitive thoughts for these business owners that are seeing their their valuables destroyed and, and not getting any real help from political hacks like Lori Lightnerhead, Mayor Beetlejuice. Democratic mayors are raising eyebrows with their responses to the rising crime plaguing major cities like New York, Chicago, and Philadelphia, also known as Philadelphia. Uh, the U.S. murder rate rose 30%. 30%. That's a lot, my friends. Between 2019 and 2020, according to the FBI, the largest annual increase on record. But remember, those were peaceful protests. 
there were no violence at all. It's only property. It doesn't have it. It's not violence. It's peaceful. Ignore the flames. Ignore the looting, the trashing, the beating people up, the killing. Ignore that. That's just peaceful protesting over racial injustice and white supremacy. With Chicago topping the list, at least 12 major cities, including New York City, have already set historical murder records in 2021. Robberies and assaults are also on the rise, and retailers in major cities across the country are reporting an uptick in organized smash-and-grab crimes during the holiday shopping season. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, she got in trouble last week after she responded to the recent flood of robberies in her city by blaming the criminals? No, district attorneys and judges who are leftist uh, kicking these people out or releases, letting them out with no bail, very low bail, affordable bail, just kind of turning them loose to go commit more crimes. No, they didn't get the blame. You know who did? <laughs> the people who own the stores. It's their damn fault. <clears throat> I know it's crazy, but it's leftism, and leftism is, my friends, crazy. <clears throat> but anyway, this is what uh, Mayor... Beetlejuice said she's blaming retailers for not better protecting their merchandise. <clears throat> so pretty much guns are illegal except for the bad guys who all have one in Chicago. So what does she want the retailers to do? Could they arm themselves and def- no, that would she'd freak out if that happened. <clears throat> so what should they do? What aren't they doing to prevent smash and grab crimes? Remember those two words, smash and grab. Uh, she said, <clears throat> trying to think of a good Lori Lightfoot voice, one that matches her face, but I can't I can't talk like Satan. So uh, we also got to push retailers, she said during a December 6th event. I'm disappointed that they are not doing more to take safety and make it a priority. For example, we still have retailers that won't institute plans like having security officers in their store. Making sure that they've got cameras that that actually operational, locking up their merchandise at night, chaining high-end bags. These persons seem to be doing something that is attracting a lot of attention on these organized retail theft units. That's my Lori Lightfoot voice. So, look, if you own a business, doing things to keep your business secure and your items you want to sell, There's nothing wrong with that. But why should they have to go hire security guards when at the same time the mayor and everyone else on the left is trying to get police to to leave these people alone? We keep seeing these laws pass and DAs and others saying, hey, if you don't don't only shoplift 950 bucks worth, I'm not going to prosecute you. That's a a free-reign check right there. Here. Here's a check, nine hundred and ninety-nine dollars. You didn't, you didn't spend, uh, steal a thousand dollars worth of stuff, so you're good to go. What do you think's going to happen? And I don't know about locking stuff up. I know when people come in your store with hammers and start breaking all the glass cases, you have things in and stealing them. I know that those cases are locked because anytime you want to look at anything, they got to get a key. But if someone's going to come in with a hammer, What's the answer, Mayor Light in the head? Seriously. Chain your bags up. 
and they'll take bolt cutters and cut the chain and take all the bags. This woman is as stupid as it gets. You've heard of people who don't know anything. She doesn't suspect anything. What other ways can I put it? She's as stupid as a dried up mud puddle. Seriously, and is deep. <clears throat> but she's not the only one. Uh, in New York City, one of Mayor Bill de Blasio's last acts as mayor before he hands over the reins to Mayor-elect Eric Adams, he's instituting a COVID-19 vaccine mandate for private businesses in the city, claiming it's his job to protect New Yorkers. <clears throat> uh, the mandate gave businesses only three weeks to comply before it goes into effect on December the 27th. Just four days before de Blasio leaves office. Over the weekend, de Blasio defended the mandate and claimed the city is now much safer uh, than it was when he took the reins eight years ago, despite the fact that murders in the city skyrocketed last year and have remained high so far in 2021. Eight years I've been mayor, index crimes, major crimes in New York City down 11% over eight years, and we did it bringing police and community closer together. The bottom line is that there is today in New York City a much safer city than than we were eight years ago. Oh, de Blasio. All they know how to do. Lockdown, 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 vaccine mandate, lockdown, vaccine mandate, uh, lockdown, mandate, lockdown, lockdown the mandate. There you go. That's all they know how to do. They don't know what they're doing. These are buffoons. They're also leftist buffoons, which makes them very dangerous. Because when a, a left-wing buffoon does something buffoonish, as buffoons are known to do, it's your freedom and liberty that suffers, my friends. So there you go, and this is all across the L.A., California, of course. So many left-wing cities. It's almost as if the thought of actually cracking down on crime by targeting criminals, criminal behavior, lengthier sentences, uh, tougher bail. It's almost like they look at it and go, wow, that would work. Let's find something else to do. Are they that stupid or is it just laziness or is it just uh, all part of the big plan to take down this country? And definitely the justice system, law and order would have to go before this country went. So uh, maybe, uh, maybe that's what it is. Uh, one more story to get to, my friends, and it is a, a very tough piece, but I think a needed one. Uh, it's about, uh, well, it's about blaming crime on other things like white supremacy, Jim Crow, things that don't even exist anymore. And we'll get to that right after I take a, a small break. Be right back, my friends. All right, my friends, very important piece, I believe, found at Town Hall. It came out about a week ago. A gentleman named uh, Will Alexander uh, wrote this. <clears throat> and there is some graphic content in it, just so you know. Uh, he writes, my cousin was murdered a few weeks ago, shot in the back of the head by a friend and robbed. He was 29. Harmless, but attached to one too many friends in low places. The killer, predictably, was also a young black man. This is predictably. My cousin only met his father once, maybe twice. 
just enough to keep his gut throbbing with the snub of paternal abandonment. His older brother patched the gaps as much as he could. He encouraged him, chastised him, and called him on most days just to check in like a father would. And like a father, alarm bells went off when his younger brother never returned his many calls a few Sundays ago. It was extremely unusual. So he rushed to his apartment and pushed the, the back door open and realized that his fatherly alarms had not blared in vain. He found his brother lying crumpled on his side near the front door beside the smatterings of brain matter strewn all over a mess of blood. He was like that for two days. Forgive me for the gore, he writes, but this stuff, this malignant violence committed by troubled young blacks is either ignored or blipped on newscasts as if it isn't real. And getting worse, it is, and we all know it. Alarms are blaring everywhere. Tips help police track down my cousin's killer. He was arrested, then released on lesser charges with a court date. Why do you even bother to arrest him? So this person who, again, innocent until proven guilty, but apparently put a gun to the back of someone's head, blew that literally blew their freaking brains out over nothing, over a robbery. And then he gets uh, immediately lesser charges than what he actually committed and out on the street again. Here's a court date. Tell me what son of a bitch is responsible for that kind of garbage when cold-blooded killers are kind of dismissed as, oh, whatever, get out of here. Here's a court date. Not enough evidence to hold him, they say. Possible, but I couldn't help but think about all the garbage theories driving the push to, quote, address racism in a criminal justice system these days. That's not where racism gets... Uh, gets discussed cures for racism fact is if the left would shut their mouths and stop their antics we can all realize take a breath and realize that racism was at an all-time low right before this but the left doesn't want you to know that they don't want you to know facts they don't care if criminals are incarcerated they don't care if criminals have recidivism right to the roof all they care about is their own power have I not pointed out many times what I firmly believe? And that is the left is more interested in doing evil than doing any good. Bail reform, reducing incarceration, jury nullification, defunding police, none of it is working. And given the fixed inclinations of basic human nature, it never will work. Human nature was never factored into the left's utopian theories. These policies clearly and predictably erode the system we've designed to punish, control, and discourage crime. But even as people lose their lives in the tens of thousands, woke zombies like the Night of the Living Dead keep coming. It's all part of their plan. Taking America down... Who cares about the innocent lives lost? Who cares about it? The BLM and CRT crowd defines deviancy downward worse than anything since Daniel Patrick Moynihan uh, defined the term decades ago. If you don't label a crime a crime, 
boof. Crime goes down. It's magic. Dress wolves up in grandma's clothes and Little Red Riding Hood will never notice. And they're shocked when the wolf who ate the grandma swallows the little girl whole. Shocked, I say. Turns out the wolf decked out in granny garb was still a wolf. It's inevitable. Coddling crime increases crime. Still, it's shocking when the rotten fruit from wicked policies hit home. My cousin told me something even more shocking. In some troubled black neighborhoods, a culture of deviancy has metastasized. He believes his brother was slimed out. Never heard of that? I know I hadn't, my friends, but what is this uh, slimed out? What does that even mean? The Urban Dictionary has this definition. To go behind someone's back and kill or rob them after they are moving fishy or funny. But even Urban Dictionaries don't quite keep up with trends that explain the meaning of things on the ground. According to my cousin, a dark subculture is being cultivated among young blacks where it's now a thing to rob and kill your friends. Let that sink in. It's getting worse. Defining deviancy down, it works. It keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And the less severe criminals are treated, the worse and worse it will get at an accelerated rate. Rappers even sing about it. After rattling off a few rappers like Julio Fulio, who was nearly murdered, uh, FBG Duck, who was murdered, I don't know what FBG stands for, and I don't even want to know, uh, and Pooh Shiesty, jailed for attempted murder. Really? You chose to use the name Pooh Shiesty? Wow. Uh, my cousin believes that some of the filthiest gangsta rap music is conditioning a generation of young fans to be callous toward murder. Could be, I guess. It's uh, sick to think about, but it uh, it could be uh, true. Uh, for him, one of the worst is YNW. That's the name of the rap song. What does young, uh, YNW stand for? <clears throat> young, nigga, with an A, and world. Now understand what I just said. I actually quoted the name of a rap song. There are many people on the left right now who would hear this podcast, hear this section, read this piece. They would be more offended that this writer used the term N-I-G-G-A, nigga, and more upset with me for for mouthing and expressing orally that word, defining something. They would hold us in much more bad vibes, if you will, and ill feelings and ill will than the people who are actually killing each other. That's sick. Again, this is a sickness, my friends. And the sickness is leftism. Which, again, is one of the bastardisms spawned by Marxism. And if you don't accept that, you don't realize that, you need to. Because it's the damn truth. Uh, Melly, who released his second album 
called Just a Matter of Slime in August, popularized a song called Murder on My Mind years before he was charged and jailed for murdering two of his closest friends. Wow, with friends like that. Here's some, uh, would you like to hear some lyrics? Because, you know, rap is art, my friends. <clears throat> Here again from, uh, I guess, the song YNW uh, and the, the album Just a Matter of Slime. Melly sings, I wake up in the morning, I got murder on my mind. AK-47, Mac-11, Glocks and Nines, yellow tape around his body. It's a fucking homicide. His face is on a t-shirt and his family traumatized. I didn't even mean to shoot him. He just caught me by surprise. I reloaded my pistol, cocked it back, and shot him twice. His body dropped down to the floor and he got teardrops in his eyes. He grabbed me by my hands and said he was afraid to die. I told him, it's too late, my friend. It's time to say goodbye. And he died in my arms. Blood all on my shirt. Well, that's art. Beethoven, Mozart. Nah, garbage. All that great, great classic rock and roll. All garbage. Blues, garbage. This, my friends, is art today, apparently. This is what gets glorified. This kind of trash music. Uh, Jamel Maurice, uh, YNW Melly, uh, Demons wrote that song while in jail for shooting at students at Vero Beach High School in Florida when he was just 15. The song put him on the rap music map, and now, listen to this, he is worth millions. Imagine going out and buying a song that you damn well know was written by a murdering son of a bitch like this piece of trash. You would really put your money in this guy's pocket. I guess he'll get uh, released from prison at some point and he'll have millions and I guarantee you he'll kill somebody else. Mark my words. And he'll go through the system again, and maybe he'll do another song about it and make even more millions. If there's anybody left that actually has the ability to buy anything by the time we get there. Uh, Moynihan, in his Defining Deviancy Down essay, quoted then-judge Edwin Torres of the New York State Supreme Court on the danger of normalizing deviancy. In other words, excusing it. To say, oh, well, whatever. This numbness, this near narcoleptic state that can diminish the human condition to the level of combat infantrymen who in protracted campaigns can eat their battlefield rations seated on the bodies of the fallen, friend and foe alike, he wrote, a society that loses its sense of outrage to crime is doomed to extinction. And you don't think all this is about destroying America? How much swampland do you want I got in New Mexico? How much? Seriously. Uh, the gentleman writes, My murdered cousin was raised by his grandmother, my aunt, after his mother died. She was raised by a mother who picked cotton in her early life and was directly harmed by Jim Crow laws. She's not political. She has no clue what the hell CRT is. But when I mentioned to her that activists are blaming black crime on the legacy of slavery and Jim Crow... She was outraged. This is somebody who, who experienced Jim Crow. Okay. This is what she said 
Boy, please, don't be plucking on my nerves. Slavery and Jim Crow ain't got nothing to do with this. To the end the to end the epidemic of black crime, this is a great place to start. None of this is about slavery or Jim Crow. Government with more quote resources won't solve the problem. Proof. Look at the parade of rappers who are either jailed for murder, been murdered, or rap about murder. They have plenty of resources, but are poverty stricken in character. That starts at home. The LeBrons and Kaepernicks of the world can do more good by investing their influence to help create an environment that addresses the broken family epidemic. Uh, than by trotting around in cyberspace, validating deviancy under the cover of equity. Leftism destroys everything it touches, and they use wonderful-sounding words to describe the process that begins the destruction. You know, there's a audio tape I've listened to a few times. It's on YouTube. I'm sure if you enter Denzel Washington, Where are the Fathers, you would get the video. But he, he mentions all these things about young black criminals killing people, committing crimes, in jail, all the bad things going on. And after every scenario, he says, where's the father? Where is the father? Where is the father? I know he calls some flack for that, for actually raising the fact that you cannot take fathers out of the picture and not do damage to the children. A father means more than being a freaking sperm donor. A father is a person who loves, cherishes, and raises their child, supports them in every way they can, and tries to teach them the best they know how. One of the most important jobs in the world, really one of the two most important jobs in the world, father and mother. And yes, there are instances where uncles, uh, cousins, aunts, grandparents step in and do a great job. And they do a wonderful job. But there's not enough of them. And too many young black kids are growing up without a father. And in a a place where everything is blamed on the police, everything's blamed on the government, everything's blamed on someone else, where people getting shot is normal, where crime is rampant, where police is seen as the enemy and not the friend. And there's no fathers. And there's no no sense of we have to stop this cycle. And the government's not helping. Those checks they get, welfare, this, that kind of check, they don't help. There's a lot of really good people that use those checks to survive and they get in better situations. A lot don't. And again, like he said, the LeBrons, the Kaepernicks, the rich people, they don't do anything to help. You think it's helping by releasing more violent felons out into the street with low bail or no bail? And they're probably going to kill again or attempt to kill again between now and their court date. This revolving doors on prisons and jails and the justice system doesn't work. You can't do this with violent people, my friends. For God's sakes, how hard is this to figure out? I used to do to wonder that how why is it they don't get it then it hit home they get it it's deliberate at least on a certain level again everything about america must be destroyed 
everything. If it's American or justice system, history, heritage, icon, culture, traditions, everything. Capitalism itself, everything. If you can look at it and say, that's American, right now it's being attacked. This is another part of it. This will end very, very badly for everybody. If we don't get our heads around the fact that uh, it's leftism is the cause and policies that don't work will never work. They never have worked. And the people who keep trying to implement them need to be voted out of office. They need to be removed from power because they're unfit for power. This gentleman lost his cousin over nothing. Nothing but whatever valuables he might have had on him. And the killer? Turn him loose. Reduce the charge. Turn him loose. What the hell do you expect to happen in a country that allows that? We can't survive this way. It's that serious, my friends. <clears throat> it's that serious. And this uh, piece uh, by Will Alexander closes this way. Otherwise, let the police be police. They can never be father figures or social workers to the troubled fatherless. We pay them to be law enforcers. Alarms are blaring everywhere. Law enforcers put the fear of God in these deviants before their victims are found crumpled into the next generation. Amen. Amen to that. Uh, again, Town Hall has the piece really well written. Uh, Will Alexander um, pinned this and thank him for it. Kind of an inside look of what we're doing in this country. And no one on the left is doing anything except celebrating. I mean, hell, if someone on the left, some actor, actress, one of these Hollywood leftist types, if they heard what I said about rap music, the art of rap music, the style, but the lyrics, yeah, that's where there's a problem. Just like with any form of music. But if they heard me criticizing it, they'd call me a white supremacist, call me a racist. Call, anybody who agreed with it would be called racist, white supremacist. That's the answer now. You just attack the person um, pointing these things out with false accusations of racism. You make them the enemy. And yeah, that's where we're at. Our, our inner cities are absolutely hell holes. And you know what? They need more police. And they need police to go in and enforce the laws, like this gentleman said. And they need the citizens living there to understand Enforcing laws is a good thing, not a bad thing. And I've said it before, I'll say it a hundred thousand more times. You have to put the violent offenders away the first time. They're going to do it again. There's overwhelming chance they're going to do it again. And yet judges, DAs, and the city councils, county commissions, state legislators just keep, by not addressing these problems, they just keep adding to the momentum of turn them loose, turn them loose, turn them loose. 
And it's not that they don't see the consequences. It's either they don't they see and don't care. They see or they're just too inept to have a clue what to do about it. Or they're too married to their ideological bent that they can't believe it. Or they're too busy blaming America and racism and white supremacy and Jim Crow and a Confederate monument. That's the problem. The problem is the violent crimes, the violent criminals cause the violent crime. Address that problem. Not by trampling the Constitution, not by police brutality, but by God, by letting police be police and by prosecuting violent felons and putting their asses away in prison where they cannot commit more violent crimes upon innocent Americans. Is it that tough, really? This is Doug Hagen for the Daily Gator blog. Thank you for listening, my friends. <coughs> three rules to life, my friends. I call them the three golden rules. Go Gators. God to bless America. And if you're left, you just ain't right. And special prayer out to the uh, now 88 victims of those horrific storms in Kentucky, Missouri, Arkansas, several other states. I believe seven or eight states there. Absolutely horrific damage. Pray for those people. Donate if you can to uh, the people out there helping them. Food, water, clothing. I can't even imagine being where those people are. And uh, if you're one of these people who wants to be smartass on Twitter and blame global warming or climate change <laughs> or Kentucky's a red state, so they deserve it somehow, do me a favor. Do everyone a favor. Shut the hell up. And go get Jesus, because you need Jesus. This is Doug Hagen for the Daily Gator blog and the Daily Gator Daily Thought podcast. Thank you very much. Remember to support us financially if you can. God bless you all. Take care. Be good to each other. And fight leftism like hell. Raise some hell with your county commission, your city council, your mayor's office, your state representatives, your United States representatives and senators. We need change badly, my friends, before we lose this country forever. And that's a real possibility if we do not change course. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care. Say your prayers. God bless you.